hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Five Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanu, and today we're going to talk about all the decisions that come with dealing with vested restricted stock. Now, you know, the truth is that restricted stock is a valuable windfall that can make or break your financial goals. That's because with so many options out there from dealing with taxes, deciding whether to hold on to your vested stock or to sell it, or how to use your wealth inflow to enhance your life, each decision can have its own set of consequences. That's why in today's episode, we'll discuss the importance of evaluating your potential tax consequences, how to decide whether to hold, sell, or diversify your concentrated stock position, and how to give your money purpose to achieve what's most essential in your life. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. Decisions, decisions, decisions. That's the mantra, for better or worse, that defines the life of every tech professional navigating the complex labyrinth that is the world of a restricted stock. Now picture this, you're sitting at your laptop, sipping your morning coffee, and you receive a notification that your company's stock has vested. That's good news, right? Well, after all, the stock forms a significant portion of your overall compensation and holds the power to substantially change your financial well-being. But then an all-too-familiar sensation starts creeping in and that's the overwhelming sense of being burdened with yet another complex decision to make. And where does this feeling come from? Well, you might feel unsure about what to do when faced with a dilemma of managing your RSUs because it might feel like you have a veritable treasure in your hands, but the fear of making the wrong move may stop you dead in your tracks. And you know what? That's understandable. Why would you want to rush into any decision-making when there's so much at stake? But the problem, however, arises when you fall prey to the illusion of ignorance being bliss. Certainly, turning a blind eye to your vested stocks may feel comfortable for the time being, but this comfort could cost you more than you think. Just imagine, one day you're hit with a huge tax bill, blindsided by unforeseen business risks, or worse yet, facing the loss of a golden financial opportunity. It might be chilling just thinking about these possibilities, but it's in these moments that you might realize the importance of making conscious, well-thought-out decisions about your RSUs. So now you might be scratching your head and asking yourself, what in the world am I supposed to do to overcome this analysis paralysis? Or is there a way out of this seemingly endless maze of decision-making? Well, fortunately, the answer is simpler than you think. Consider this, when you're trying to get out of a maze, it's all about taking one step at a time, right? Well, the same goes for managing your equity award, and that's why you should focus on making three critical choices as we approach the midpoint of the year. First, sketch out a game plan to deal with potential taxes due from your vesting shares. You can think of this as preparing for a marathon. It's all about pacing and timing. Next, develop a chess master-like strategy to manage your concentrated stock holdings. You could think of this like Gary Kasparov contemplating his next move, meticulously evaluating all possible outcomes. And finally, if you decide to liquidate your vested shares, it's essential to ensure that you have a solid game plan in place for your cash. This is like having an umbrella at the ready just when that sundown poor hits, and making sure that you don't lose all of your hard-earned wealth when the economy or the markets go against you. Either way, it's crucial to remember that these stock grants are akin to a double-edged sword. That's because as valuable as they can be, they also bring along a hefty bag of complexities and decision-making pressures that you need to deal with. All right, now that we've discussed the importance of having a plan in place for equity awards, let's tackle the first and arguably most critical point here, and that's the tricky business of taxes. Now, you'll likely recall that when your stock vests, your 
employer generally holds back some of those shares to cover upcoming taxes due. More often than not, however, this withheld portion likely isn't enough to meet your actual tax obligation. It's like a budget for a project that doesn't cover all the costs, leaving you with a sizable tax bill at the end of the year. So what are your options here? Well, you could decide to ignore the problem altogether and put it off until next April to see where you things stand after you file your taxes. Now, this could be an unfortunate strategy because if the taxes withheld from your vested RSUs fall short, then you could find yourself dealing with underpayment penalties from the IRS. So is there a smarter way to avoid this financial headache? Well, there is. And one way to overcome this obstacle is to make estimated quarterly tax payments. Now, estimated quarterly tax payments are like splitting a big project into smaller, more manageable tasks. And by spreading this duty across the year, you reduce the stress of your sizable end of year tax payment come next April. And how do you make this happen? Well, think back to the work you did with your most recent tax returns. That's because if you owed money to the IRS and worked with a tax professional, you should have received Form 1040ES along with your tax return. Now, this form does two things. First, it tells the IRS that you're planning to make estimated tax payments, which can smooth out your electronic returns next year. Second, it gives you a ballpark figure of how much you should be paying each quarter to cover your tax bill. And what if you didn't owe money last year or didn't get Form 1040ES with your return? Well, you can still set up estimated quarterly tax payments using the IRS's one-time payment portal or the electronic federal tax payment system, EFTPS, even without the form. And when it comes to actually calculating your actual taxes due, there are several ways to work out your potential tax obligation, but your tax professional or financial planner would be your best guide for this specific information. And remember, if you're worried about how to fund your payment for that tax bill, you can always simply shares that have already invested so that you can meet that tax obligation to the IRS. All right, so now that we've covered some of the tax considerations to ponder when it comes to your restricted stock, let's shift our focus to what to do about your vested shares now that you have them. Now, at times, it might seem like the possibilities are endless when it comes to what to do about your vested shares. But let's keep this simple and think about it like approaching a crossroads when you're on a hike and there are three trailheads you can choose from. The first trail involves selling all of your shares as soon as they vest and converting your holdings into cash. You can think of this as instantly exchanging a treasure chest you found for a bag of gold coins. And to do this, you simply log into your employer's stock plan brokerage account and initiate a trade to liquidate your recently vested shares, much like instantly turning a key to open that magic treasure chest. Now, the second trail is a more scenic one, offering a view of diversification. Here, instead of an immediate sell-off, you gradually liquidate your concentrated company stock over time. This route allows you to savor potential upsides in your holdings while simultaneously reducing the risk associated with a concentrated stock position. You can think of this as enjoying the view and ensuring that your footing is solid at the same time. All right, and what about the third trail? Well, that's the path of stillness, where you simply hold on to what you have. And sometimes, just like keeping treasured artwork, holding on to a concentrated stock position could substantially add to your overall net worth over time. Now, this approach might make sense if you work for a company that's still in that high growth phase with substantial market potential to the upside. On the other hand, if you work for a more mature company whose growth has eased in recent years, then diversifying your holdings could be a smarter path to take. At the end of the day, however, your decisions should hinge on your risk tolerance and be seen within the broader context of your overall financial plan and investment strategy. Now, if you do decide to hold on to your vested stock, you'll want to be mindful of the double taxation nature of RSUs. You can think of it as a toll gate charging you twice, once at 
ordinary income tax rates when your shares vest, and again at capital gains rates once you decide to sell. That's why you should be sure to keep this point in mind as you decide which trail to take when it comes to whether or not you decide to sell your company's stock. Now, far too often as restricted stock vests, this newfound affluence is viewed as a windfall or a ticket to instantly enhancing your lifestyle. But let's hit the pause button here and ask, could there be a more prudent way to navigate your newfound wealth? Maybe one that ensures that it serves your long-term financial aspirations rather than your fleeting financial desires? Certainly before we get carried away by the exciting prospects of a sizable cash influx, we need to tackle the less than thrilling but extremely critical aspect of your restricted stock, and that's taxes. Now, as we mentioned earlier, Uncle Sam will want to get his fair share of your equity compensation, so it's vital that you're prepared for him. Now, in the case of vested stock, it's worth reiterating how crucial it is to set aside sufficient cash for your estimated quarterly taxes or your anticipated tax bill next year. Now, once you have taxes out of the way, it's time to look at your emergency fund. Certainly, everyone's situation is a little bit different, but a rule of thumb suggests that having cash savings to cover between three to six months of living expenses is ideal. And why three to six months? Well, consider this. What if we experience an economic downturn and your employer starts trimming its headcount? Having this cash savings set aside is akin to a financial cushion that could provide you with much needed peace of mind in either of these cases. Another point to consider here is that if you're a homeowner with dependents and you don't don't have any liquid savings apart from your employer-sponsored retirement plan, it might make sense to consider extending this cushion to cover 9 to 12 months worth of living expenses. That's because this reserve could be your lifeline in the face of unexpected home repairs coupled with a potential job loss. All right, now that we've talked about setting money aside for taxes and potential emergency, how else could you use this windfall to further your financial goals? Maybe it could give your near-term savings goals a jumpstart. There could be a dream home out there or a car that you've been eyeing or the college expense for your child that need attention. Maybe there's that home remodel project that's been lingering in your thoughts that could finally become a reality. Either way, your cashed out restricted stock could play the role of a powerful financial ally. Now, let's shift gears here and talk about a pitfall many high-earning tech professionals tumble into, and that's lifestyle inflation. Certainly, it's tempting to use your stock award as a means to inflate your lifestyle, especially when the going is good. But what happens when the economy slows down and bonuses, as well as stock grants, are not as lavish as they used to be in the past? Well, from this perspective, it might make more sense to view your stock award as a bonus with no guaranteed of consistent refresh grants. Therefore, if you've sufficiently built up your cash savings, and still want to use your cashed out vested stock to supplement your lifestyle spending, you might want to consider directing it towards one-time expenses. And what would this look like? Well, it could be a lavish vacation, that home remodel that you've been considering, fulfilling your family's education goals, or simply using your wealth to create lasting memories with your family and friends. Either way, when it comes to your restricted stock, your best bet is to often treat these awards as windfalls to fund goals rather than as a way to supplement your living expenses. Now, after your near and intermediate term goals are funded, you might want to consider boosting your overall retirement savings account. That's because while retirement may seem far off, it's never too early to start thinking about it. And here's where your individual retirement account or your IRA comes in handy. Now, it's important to remember that high earners may face limitations when it comes to their IRA contributions, but there are always ways out there to get around this. Indeed, one thing to keep in mind is that tax-deductible contributions to traditional IRAs begin to be phased out when your modified gross adjusted income is above 
$83,000 if you're a single filer and $136,000 for those who are married and filing jointly. And what about the Roth IRA? Well, single filers face an income limit of around $153,000 and that limit goes up to $228,000 for those who are married and filing jointly. And so if your income is above these thresholds, you might think, hmm, maybe I'm out of luck. Well, don't give up just yet. While you may not be able to contribute directly to a Roth IRA in the conventional way, and you may not be able to get that tax deduction for contributing to a traditional IRA, there is a little strategy called the backdoor Roth conversion that could be a game changer for you. And what is a backdoor Roth conversion? Well, it allows you to make a non-deductible contribution to a traditional IRA. And then like a financial Houdini, you execute a Roth conversion, moving money into the tax-free savings account. Sounds complex, right? Certainly there are tax consequences that are involved and a Roth conversion may not be suitable for everyone, but it could potentially be a smart way to secure a financially comfortable retirement without paying any more tax than necessary. Now, while it may seem like you have many decisions to make about your restricted stock as they vest, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Indeed, when you have a well-thought-out plan about what to do with your equity compensation ahead of time, you're more likely to stay on the road to financial security and prosperity. And this ability starts with understanding your tax obligations, creating an emergency savings buffer, deciding whether to diversify your holdings, and considering your savings and retirement goals. Remember, each journey starts with a single step. And that first step here is awareness and understanding that managing your wealth is not a sprint, but a marathon. It's a voyage that requires careful planning, smart decisions, and discipline. It's about viewing this newfound wealth not just as a lottery ticket, but as an opportunity to pave the way to your long-term financial objectives. So make your move today. Look at your personal finances, your lifestyle, and your future aspirations, and ask yourself, how can this wealth best serve me in the long run? Remember, there's no one-size-fits-all solution here, and your financial journey is as unique as you are. To be sure, what matters most here is that the decisions you make align with your goals and your values. After all, the financial decisions you make today will shape your future. So choose wisely, plan strategically, think long-term. Because ultimately, it's not about the money you make, it's about using it to take you one step closer to becoming the master of your own financial independence journey. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at phimastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu, wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc. Franklin Madison Advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skills or training. This commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to Franklin Madison Advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice. The information shared today is not intended to be personal, legal, investment, or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy. For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosures.